Hey, welcome to this 14th edition of Clarity Chat podcast. I have with me Sumit Puri, the Chief Growth Officer at KEF Holdings and a technology leader in the insurance and healthcare industries. In today's session, he is going to talk about change management, technology adoption, leveraging partners, nurturing a team and global leadership from his lenses of working in multiple geographies. This is the 14th episode of Clarity Chat podcast and here comes an exciting discussion with Sumit Puri. Welcome Sumit. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything IT does impacts people in some way. The function is only 3 decades old but changing at the fastest pace. Technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing. Tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent, not you. Clarity Chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve IT challenges for business success, to help you decode the complexity, to help you leverage partners effectively, to help you partner with business more effectively. to help you manage change better to help you attract talent you get this clarity via experiences of cios and business leaders shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea welcome to the clarity chat podcast the uh, please tell us your career story and uh, tell us you know some inflection points or some interesting experiences which have stayed with you and which have you know uh, which have made you the leader that you are today So oh, thank you thanks Sagish uh, again i think uh, it's been a very interesting journey all these years and uh, i would just quickly mention i mean i do have 27 years experience across uh, industry sectors and geographies you know if i look at look back you know the journey started in 92 after when i basically was uh, working in indal uh, part of alcan canada in supply chain uh, and then moved to maruti for a year and moved and was there for 3 years in the export supply chain function that's the time i realized the importance of mentors you know because obviously uh, we all re- need need people to guide you so i was uh, you know my father was in the police so we kind of when i changed some eight schools in 13 years so i remember uh, one of his uh, you know inspector general of police you know basically uh, was very keen to talk to young people and he he told me then saying uh, i keep hearing you want to go for an mba but what are you doing about it you know keep on telling me that you want to go for an mba keep telling people around and that struck you know a chord because i was working some 12 hours 14 hours a day in maruti's you know 6 days a week and it felt uh, that yeah really i mean it hit home that you need to start working towards it and uh, that's how i basically studied for the last uh, you know in fact every day i used to come back i spent about 2 3 hours every day studying for uh, you know i am and this was i think uh, sometime in august so i had 2 2 2 and a half months to prepare for i am and then uh, thankfully you know i i managed to get uh, because of you know luck and a little bit of uh, hard work but it was it was very useful the timely timely intervention you know of of, uh, of that of that senior So I think to me that was the first uh, inflection point, and of course later when I joined Maruti, which had a graduate engineer trainee program, you again learned the the importance of dignity of labor, importance of quality, importance of teamwork. That was again something which you know I have always carried with me all these years. Uh, I remember uh, we were for ten months uh, we were supposed to be on the production line on the shop floor. All the engineers, we were all IITians and you know top top institutes, you know engineers uh, to make sure that we are grounded. They they got all the engineers to work with the workers. on the shop floor for 10 months in different uh, different you know uh, functions and departments so remember i was trying to uh, you know use these 
lathe guns and trying to get these nuts uh, fixed on the on the you know on the car and i did not sometimes uh, like it too much so once there was a suzuki general manager coming there and uh, he um, you know was uh, i think probably the third highest uh, person in the hierarchy in suzuki and he was observing the line and he saw a nut not being properly fastened he rolled up his sleeves and he basically jumped onto the line and you know fastened it himself and to me that was a lesson that i would never forget importance of quality importance of dignity of labor you know of of uh, of you know dignity of labor understanding how much it's important to uh, value small things so uh, it has continued all these years i've uh, moved various sectors i've basically been in uh, uh, in insurance i've been in healthcare you know i worked as global digitization leader in uh, in g and now of course uh, with uh, after max healthcare i spent time as a group cto for evercare with 30 hospitals there and finally at uh, at kef uh, holdings in as a chief growth officer i think you know it's it's good to get a bet, better exposure of sectors because it cuts across it is uh, you know in some ways a unifier and it's all about understanding business and driving value so sumit uh, you know you blazed a trail uh, making a difference with uh, technology tell us about uh, some case studies on how did you make the change happen you know especially like you know where it was really challenging and what that means is like you know what is it that you had to do much beyond technology to make that change happen and get that business benefits So I think in in some sense you know it is about understanding business I mean I must say that during my PwC days uh, when I just started out uh, you know as a as a management consultant you realize that uh, you know you have to know the business well you know you need to get by better understanding of the business so because you are a upstart you know as from management school yes i had worked for four years before coming to a, you know a management school and of course uh, pwc but there were people with 30 years experience so you had to be grounded you had to understand that uh, you know you might know a lot on certain things but there are others who know more on certain areas so i think to me that was the first uh, lesson we've spent fair amount of time uh, in fact in doing bottom up and top down uh, you know kind of uh, closures because sometimes you need to have bottom down bottom up commitment you know you need to explain to people why this change is needed you know you have to you know show the big picture and sometimes people listen to it sometimes people don't you know so it's about important that we don't uh, you know kind of uh, force it down sometimes you actually kind of uh, take people along you know that uh, ensures full commitment and the other piece is basically you know the you know the uh, so, uh, sorry sorry the uh, biggest yeah. challenge here is to uh, sometimes do top down because um, sometimes people don't realize the need for uh, you know need for change so i think it's starting with bottom up and if you can manage it great if not then you do mandates so remember my time at uh, at max healthcare of course you know this was a time when um, we had uh, doctors as uh, our key uh, customers our key stakeholders and uh, you know it's not easy i mean i remember you know we were trying to uh, deploy e prescription you know for for doctors and you know uh, there was 7% adoption rate for almost a year so i got down to brass tacks we understood with our team you know the key challenges that they were facing and uh, you know uh, we got set about uh, solving them so we spent about uh, i think 6 months in solving all the genuine issues we created the clinical governance committee we created a, you know a, a team of a core team of uh, doctors and of course operation uh, staff and it people to work together and after that was done we still had resistance from some people that's the time we said now stop down that's it now no more now we're going to start uh, you know kind of mandating it and ensuring everybody basically starts following it and that combination where we also made the users champions the doctor was made the champions you know the doctors who were using it very well they were really uh, celebrated that helped and we moved to 85% adoption in a in a span of uh, say 8 to 10 months so it means been very very useful many journeys many aspects around around uh, multiple sectors we've had challenges also around the way but i think uh, it's about uh, 
teamwork, making sure people are, uh, you know, kind of understanding the bigger picture, knowing what the broad objectives are. Why do we want to do it? When we explain to doctors, for example, that uh, this is, you know, when they keep coming to us to say, I want data for clinical research. And you tell them, if you don't enter data, you won't get uh, the right data for, for research. It's not possible. You have to explain them patiently. I think those are the key things which have helped over the, over the years. And this is true across sectors, I must say. Oh, no, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, some, some pickings from what Sumit said. So one is like, be grounded. So you have to really get down to the air, to the, you know, places where the action is, understand, observe, you know, and then really try to solve for them, right? I mean, generally we try to solve it for the organization, for the process, but I think we have to solve it for the people. And, but then, you know, at a point comes when you have done everything that you could, and that is when you have to really force it top down because there are no more excuses for the grounds up. So that's a very important one. But I think uh, the other thing, in, important thing that you mentioned in the passing summit is I celebrating success, you know, and celebrating the users themselves. So people who are really early adopters, you know, celebrating them, and, you know, like making them known faces through whether newsletters or whatever, whatever. So, Sumit, uh, you have worked in you have worked in enterprises which have been local as well as global. So you worked in GE, uh, you were handling international operations when you were in, I think, Jack is if I'm correct, yes. right? So after, yeah, GS, and then And then, and then you were in Indonesia for a while where you met Saroj, of course. And, and now you're, and now you've been in Dubai for the last three years. So, you know, how has been the transition going from, you know, being, let's say, a local leader, you know, being in India or geography and then going on? I have been to Indonesia. It's a very, very different country. Uh, Middle East is very different. So how do you, how have you evolved? So what are like, you know, the things that you have learned in terms of managing a global team? Plus, what are the things that don't change? You know, there are some things that don't change and there are some things that you need to change in your management structure. What have those been? Absolutely. So I think that's a great question. So very quickly, I'll just mention that, uh, uh, you know, that I have obviously, like I was mentioning, I've, I've had in eight schools in 13 years, you know, during my dad's police days. So I got a taste of various states of India. You know, that teaches you adaptability. When I, mean, I was in Kerala, I was in, in, in Calcutta, I was in Nagpur, Amritsar, Assam, all kinds of places, you know, actually, uh, uh, and Delhi. So uh, I passed off from DTS RK Puram, but it gave me a good uh, blend of, of different cultures because India itself is a, is a, is many, many countries in itself. You know, it has so much uh, diversity. Uh, when I basically moved to uh, Indonesia because I had spent uh, time on projects with GE, I used to go to a, say, a China or a Hungary or a Mexico or US. It was only on projects, brief projects and come back. Same for PwC. But Indonesia was my first stint, you know, which was actually long term, you know, a long, long uh, kind of uh, stint about uh, five to six years. And that's where I realized, you know, that, uh, you know, how important it is to adjust to cultural differences and understand cultural differences. So remember after uh, maybe about, a, you know, uh, almost six months into the role, I was asked by my uh, my CEO to uh, lead the you know, the, the, you know, operation goes English challenge. So a lot of people in the operations team, there were 800 people in operations and I was, the IT team was about 50 odd people. So uh, they basically were not, were not very proficient with English. You know, a lot of them, people uh, learned uh, Indonesian Bahasa. I myself also learned Bahasa, by the way. But it was important that, uh, you know, kind of uh, we upgrade their skills because there were a lot of international customer expats who they need to speak to and that confidence would have been very useful. So he asked me, entrusted me the, the task of leading that Operation Goes English program. And uh, I went about in a typical management style. I kind of got uh, uh, 70 people identified from the 
you know, 80 people identified from the 800 people we had. And those 80 people, basically, you know, we uh, chose to uh, get trained in the top institute, top English training institute in Jakarta. And then we made them facilitators. So each one person training 10 people. And in typical Indian style, I kind of uh, announced that uh, whoever gets, whoever does the best job uh, of the facilitator will get 1 million rupiah. Now, by the way, 1 million rupiah is 5,000 rupees you know, of India. So it's not that much, but it's, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting, you know, so I kind of announced this and uh, we went about, uh, you know, starting these groups and teams, you know, to start encouraging each other. And it flopped. It flopped bad, badly. And I realized after three months that, uh, you know, this is not India. This is not the individual celebration, individual achievement that we keep on, you know, talking about. I then quickly changed course and I said, the best team, whoever is the best team, they will the one, they'll be the one who will get the award. You know, I'll basically make that, you know, as the key uh, yardstick. And it completely transformed. People were helping each other, supporting each other. They were really, really, you know, partnering with each other because that is what the Indonesian culture was. It was teamwork. And it completely changed the way. And I saw amazing uh, transformation, amazing uh, English skills in the, you know, whatever period I was there for about a year, we kind of uh, ran this program. Outstanding results. So it just gives an example of how important it is to understand those nuances. And it taught me also a lesson. We keep celebrating individual achievements. Doesn't help, you know, in, in a very sustainable manner. You need to take the team along. I think that to me was a big lesson. So, uh, uh, you know, very, I think, uh, interesting uh, one that, you know, learning, you learned Bahasa. I think that's like one, It you know, you're, you're giving some nuggets or some gems in the passing, which is what I love, love to kind of, you know, reinforce with the audience. And, you know, I, I know nine, languages, nine languages, but I keep forgetting them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think this is a very good quality of a leader, uh, Sumit, is that, you know, you are a sponge. You try to absorb, you know, the environment wherever you are in. Uh, in fact, you know, just to uh, kind of resonate with what you were saying, that I haven't played a role where I have worked remotely. You know? So, when I uh, took over as a CIO for Tata Motors, the role was based in Pune. I actually went to Pune, even though I could have commuted from Mumbai because I wanted me and my family to be there, to participate in the social life here, to understand what the Pune culture is, because that's what ref will reflect in my team. And if I don't understand it, I can't work well. Similarly, you know, when I joined G in Bangalore, uh, there were a lot of hires, uh, you know, senior level hires who were actually doing up and down from different cities. Of course, they had kids in certain stages where they couldn't have moved their families. But I was in a sweet spot where I could have moved my family and I moved my family, though even though we were there for three years. And again, the whole issue was that, you know, I could see that, you know, the there was a certain period when I was doing up and down and I saw that, you know, there were a lot of team activities happening on the weekends, like, you know, people participating in a marathon, you know, or just going out for an outing. And I couldn't be part of that because weekends I was in Mumbai. So I think I think a very important question, important point there, though you said it in the passing, is to absorb what 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 happens locally to absorb that culture and 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 then appreciate it better. Absolutely. But I think that was a good catch that you know it's not the same culture that you can uh, understanding that you can take. Totally, 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 totally. So we have thanks, Bhavani, for that comment. Now Chandra has a question for you, uh, Sumit. Well, I think Chandra, you can ask this question. I don't have to ask it. So today, every mid or large level trans large organization transformation is highly dependent on digitalization and IT transformation, but only very few CIOs are able to make to CEO. When can we see IT from being an enabler to a mainstream business? Sumit, you have moved yeah. from a CIO to a chief growth officer. You should know the answer best. No, no, totally. So I think, look, I mean, there are a couple of, a couple of dimensions to this. So the first dimension I must say is uh, for the CIO themselves, uh, we do need to change our thinking and our mindset. Sometimes we feel we are confined to a particular boundary. We don't look beyond. 
we need to understand finance we need to understand uh, you know some of the other aspects of the business what drives business what is the most important things and we do projects for virtually everything every single function so we are in a absolutely vantage position to make that transition if we are able to speak the language of business there's no just just that understanding that is needed to to you know actually straddle that uh, that's one one part to it you know which is more i think in some ways uh, linked to what we do as cios i think the number two aspect is also to some extent linked to organizational maturity and the leadership maturity which also will change i think uh, it all, already is changing even covid has brought about a change if you if i must say that's brought about a change across uh, the environment i mean we keep on talking about digital transformation you know cio or ceo bring about the change but it is actually covid you know which brought about the change in the last one year what probably spent you know many of us spent 5 years trying to drive so to me the environment has also you know in some ways facilitated this but the other element also is the kind of people who will become leaders the, the gen ys the gen zs will basically come to the forefront in the next 10 years 5 to 10 years they would be digital natives they would have grown up on technology for them technology is not a threat which it is sometimes you know to some leadership team members it sometimes does seem a threat because they don't understand it and we don't do a good job in explaining it you know as as cios that's the other challenge that comes so to me that's the other element that will come in you will have environment changing you'll have more acceptance from the customers like telemedicine has suddenly become you know got widespread acceptance i used to run after doctors to uh, get them to embrace telemedicine in uh, max healthcare days now the doctors are running after me in evercare and now of course even kef to try and use teleconsults telemedicine telehealth all these you know innovations so the environment is also going to facilitate that change the customers are going to demand that change and we have to be prepared as as uh, it leaders to embrace that change and to talk the language of business no i think i think i think that's a great point sumit i've heard multiple of my guests say that it is uh, you know one of the few functions who engages deeply into every single business function and process because we have to support everyone and therefore if if a cio has the mindset then you know you can actually understand the entire organization i think the the big point that you made about here is the language do we speak the business language you know do we speak performance kpis do we speak you know business flow do we speak like you know the cost right and you know one of the things i used to say that uh, you know that a good cio is like an english channel right so the business speaks english which is like the most of the world the it speaks french and yeah. not in not everyone in it needs to speak english but you know the you need some translators and cio and the it leadership need to be that translator who convert french into english and if you do it well and you know as we can see in your case you have a good chance uh, to a business leadership as well i'm still still uh, learning still learning hmm. yeah <laughs> but i think uh, there is a uh, there's some learnings i picked up you know Uh, the environment is going to be supportive the new generation of employees that is coming which is which is the gen y and gen z you know they are going to expect a lot more from the cio so we need to build that connect you know i mean i sometimes get the ceos and cios of tomorrow they are going to become the ceos and cios absolutely CIOs. absolutely absolutely so we need to we need to stay uh, relevant the best thing is that the environment is really supportive so sumit one of my questions is was going to be what bhavani has asked you so he has in a way taken it from me which was about you know i mean uh, you shared some specific things with me in terms of you know like how you have built a team and how you have leveraged a team and i think i have always always held that a leader is as effective as his or her team completely so the question from bhavani is what are the specific challenges you encountered while building a team how did you establish purpose to your team and any scientific and behavioral approaches take 
Sure. So I think that's a great question. I think to me, uh, the first thing, and I'll just kind of give an example of ICSA Prudential. You know, I mean, I, I'm still in touch with some of my team members from those days. This is like 2005, 2000, you know, so, sorry, yeah, around around that time. So 15, 16 years, they're still in touch, you know, many of them. So I, I uh, had kind of left Genpact. In fact, uh, I used to be Jekis and it was moving to become Genpact at that time in 2005. I mean, you know, you might know, uh, you, know you also have a G stint briefly. So I'm, I'm quite, a, quite a, I'm sure there was quite a few uncertainty that time. So my ex, uh, you know, in fact, that time he was a CIO for ICSA Prudential and also this uh, HR head, both were XG and they basically asked me to join them as Senior Vice President for ICSA Prudential. The time I joined them, I think, uh, unfortunately, within a month and a half, my uh, CIO left. You know, uh, so uh, he had a falling out with the CEO and he had to leave. So, um, thankfully, you know, in the, in the one and a half, two months I was there, I had built a reasonable rapport with most of the stakeholders, and uh, the CEO decided that I can continue as uh, you know the interim CIO, and they brought in a senior operations person to help me on the business side. Uh, so it was very useful. I mean, we got a good partnership going, and we got some great results, you know, from multiple, uh, you know, from multiple areas. But it wasn't the easy path. It was quite difficult because we had 40% attrition in the team at that point of time. Every month we had, you know, people leaving in IT especially because they were being abused. They were being, you know, kind of targeted that they're not doing a good job, you know, the system because they were growing and the systems were not supporting them, you know, as, as much as they wanted. So uh, it was quite a quite a difficult, uh, you know, state. A lot of downtimes happening at that time. So I went about uh, understanding first what could be the key metric. What should we establish as a key metric? And also uh, after, you know, taking care of the critical thing maybe get some breathing time from business saying, look, give us a few months, let's stabilize the system. And then we can start uh, taking our requests from parity. We can start, you know, working on a prioritization steering committee and, and ensuring these are delivered. But let's set the, you know, let's set the benchmarks. Let's set the metrics very clearly. So the alignment of the team to those common objectives was very useful. I mean, I remember, you know, after we set these metrics, we also went about training these people. Training, uh, you know, I, of course, hired a couple of people also, which we needed to add to the team. You know, so you need to do both, upskill the team and also, you know, maybe hire a few people who are missing and then create a, you know, a very well-aligned organization. So to me, that helped. Uh, I remember we actually, I had done my PMP certification in 2002 in G. You know, in GSB, I was one of the first five people who got that PMP certification done. So I realized the importance of uh, project management, you know, proper, you know, kind of planning and management. So I got PMP certification initiated for my team in ICSA Prudential. We had about 90 members in the team. So uh, we got a very, very experienced PMP trainer uh, to help uh, to help drive this. And I personally kind of invested time in every single uh, person. So we had about 50 people who underwent this training in different uh, two or three batches. And each of them, we assigned the project after those three, four days of training, we assigned the project. So you're supposed to do this project. Uh, let's prepare a charter. Let's prepare the objectives. Let's get the team together and we will help you in whatever way possible. So I actively, you know, kind of facilitated that. And of course, uh, in three months, we were, they were supposed to report out with some facilitation and guidance from uh, many of us in, in the team. So to me, that was very powerful because they realized that we are investing in their growth, investing in their learning. We actually were spending time to really, you know, kind of build that team and take them to the next level. I think that common purpose, that common agenda and again no in some sense uh, they did feel that no i'm genuinely you know interested in their growth helped us so we actually grew from 1 million policies in ICS potential in back in 2005 to 8 million policies in a span of 4 years and it became the number one private sector life insurance player by a distance you know in those times so multiple you know you know advantages that came through and i think ultimately it was about alignment to objectives getting people aligned investing in their learning and growth partnering with them helping them in whatever way possible. And that genuine concern, that genuine interest ultimately helps build, you know, bridge those boundaries and create a very well-aligned 
very high performing team no i think i think i think that's a uh, great uh, i would say sharing uh, sumit but you know before you go before even you did that i'm assuming and this like my observation the way you spoke about it is that like you know your own connection with the team right i think you understood what kind of pressures they are going through you understood what kind of you know uh, gaps they have i'm sure some of them would have told you that listen you know i wish i had a pmp uh, training right Hey, I am your podcast host Jagdish Belwal. I had a rich career as CIO at Tata Motors and GE. Now, as an advisor, I help organizations transform with technology. Technology is necessary for digital transformation, but not sufficient. So I help organizations with the rest of it: leadership, strategy, culture, change management, etc. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. For now, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on LinkedIn. Absolutely, they did, and I think you're right. And I think the good thing was to understand their strengths and weaknesses. You know, what should we be building on, and also what uh, what areas they probably will be most successful in. So that was also very important. So I I did find some people very good on backend support roles, some people very good maybe in design and creative roles. So aligning that team, you know, in that sense to to the strengths, because sometimes you only need one strong area, you know, to be very successful. You know, really strong area. So you kind of uh, marry the people to the right roles. and that also helps and then align them to the right metrics i remember in jakarta also i i you know i guess when i went there we had a help desk that was being abused by everybody everybody i spoke to all the cfo c you know chro you know coo everybody told me it doesn't pick up the phone and they didn't know that this is basically a problem you know because we did not have many people we had two people supporting you know it help desk for a team of about 1000 people so we outsourced the function and we gave the two people you no know, charge for certain roles saying you are going to take care of the turnaround time for any request you're going to solve a urgent request within 15 minutes you're going to solve a, you know a big request maybe in uh, you know uh, uh, say 2 hours but urgent request within 15 minutes and respond within 5 minutes now these little things because they had a team which could support them help them so this same it guy became the employee of the year because he was so celebrated because he started uh, responding in a, in a defined metric think 15 minutes is what i need to ensure you know closure happens that was amazing he was the same guy who was being abused in a span of 6 months he became the employee of the year so to me it is about alignment understanding what we need to do from a management perspective so we brought in an outsourced team you know from ibm we helped uh, help them get the metrics together and that helped so i think to me understanding strengths understanding the management perspective what is the challenges that are there and then partnering with them you know kind of helping them along in the journey is is very important the key takeaways here is like you know one is align people to uh, you know common metrics align people to their capabilities versus the organization requirements even if it means changing some roles uh, listening to the people and uh, having a genuine concern for their for their development i mean you know this uh, makes me share this makes me share one of my experiences as so, you know we had acquired uh, jaguar land rover and uh, mm-hmm. you know their it was actually a legacy a good amount of legacy coming from ford mm-hmm. and uh, you know we had lots of interactions going on between india and uk and i sort of sensed that you know our guys were like they i mean we had very good it actually you know we had like an integrated sap across the entire organization and and a, and a great crm going around and all that but i still felt that you know that little bit of hesitation or you may you may call it as a complex 
tax and uh, I actually worked with my HR and I got about 60 of the people, you know, the, the senior people in the organization, including some of our key partner people. We got them trained on, you know, presentation skills and what do you call... Uh, Etiquettes. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so, so it was like, you know, a lot of stuff like, you know, how to tie your tie to, you know, like the table manners, how to use, you know, chopsticks, a lot of those things. And I can tell you that, you know, it is, it has been one of the most fun training programs and one of those training programs that really gave a lot of confidence to our team in terms of like, you know, becoming a global team. Totally, totally. I must remember, I must say that I did my internship with TAS, Tata Administrative Services, and they taught me how to hold a fork properly, you know, during that internship period also, you know, Mr. Hupen Hazarika was there. I think that was a useful thing. I still remember that as the best training I've attended. You know, they were so much invested, you know, in making us learn. No, absolutely, things. absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, we need to... I mean, we need to invest in team both in terms of the hard skills, which is like the PMP as well as, you know, the soft skills, which basically are aligned to the context of uh, what you're going to handle. So uh, the questions are coming. I have like a flood of comments here, Sumit, but there's a very important question that I wanted to ask you. Uh, you know, um, in the Clarity Chat, we talk about the asymmetry of talent that, you know, less than 5% of technology talent is on the on the enterprise side, which is on the user side, whereas more than 95% is on either the product vendors or the system integrator side. So um, um, tell me, how do you use it to your advantage? There's no point complaining about it, right? Uh, that I don't have talent available for me. So how do you use it to your advantage? And tell us some case studies, how you managed and leveraged partners. Correct. So I think very clearly, I mean, that was a key word you used, partner, you know, because uh, most time people just consider them as vendors and that's not great. You know, it's a very short term approach. So I've always found partners, uh, you know, who have really been kind of uh, in a way long term, you know, with, with, with me. We've had uh, many, many success stories along the way. I've been uh, reference uh, study, you know, re- case references from multiple companies over the years. To give you an example, I mean, I remember again, uh, you know, time in uh, in ICSA where we had uh, TCS, you know, actually had one person who came to uh, understand our challenges. And I told them, you know, he was quite good. He actually was quite a, you know, a very analytical guy, very good solution-oriented guy. And I told TCS, uh, I want him to be based here as a pre-sales consultant from your side. I'm not going to be charged for it. I want him to be based here. Let him understand our con- context and then, you know, let's figure out if there's some projects that can be done. And that approach helped because TCS also understood the value, you know, of, of, you know, giving much more grounds up uh, understanding of challenges and then, you know, the solutions around it. In a span of, again, a year, we grew from one person to 25 people doing multiple projects of TCS, you know, of TCS within the company and some excellent results, you know, outstanding results. So to me, it was about partnerships. I have created, uh, you know, very strong uh, relationships with many of the partners that were there and have fought for them in many areas. Sometimes when payments are not being given, because finance teams felt they were just vendors, you fought for them because you knew it was not fair. You know, you have to have a win-win relationship. So I've had multiple showdowns also with CFOs, but that's the that's the journey. You know, you need to cover that journey together. That's the key key objective, and that's what I have done. And that's how we've got some great relationships. We've got uh, great relationships uh, in you know in. Uh, Max Healthcare, I got some great relationship in G. Even one of my, uh, I was referred by uh, Hitesh, who was, uh, you know, at that time as Polaris. I remember 20 years ago, you know, we actually met in G. 
and he was we made uh, Polaris our uh, GDC Global Development Partner, and uh, he interacted with me and we liked each other. And you no, know, uh, ten years later, Max Healthcare he was recommending me for the position of uh, CIO when he was the Max Life uh, you know CIO. So it was an amazing, amazing uh, you know journey, and it's been again built in trust, built in friendship, uh, built in common objectives, and a win-win mentality. Yeah, no, I think I think I think that's a that's a great message, you know. So we have to not only so they are there to do the work. That's the basic hygiene, right? So they have to deliver for that. and they know that you know if they deliver then only they get more business but i think the 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 level of relationship can be increased if you mentor them if you be fair to them if you protect them you fight for them and uh, you know most importantly uh, you know build that level of trust right and and treat them as your own team so i was i was, I, i remember a case where you know we had one relation very very large relationship with a you know with our partner another group company and this was completely uh, time and material almost you know, hundreds of people on time and material basis and i figured out that that's not sustainable you know we have to move away because you know the moment you put somebody on time and material you really have to monitor the output and you know we didn't want i didn't want to be in that situation where i have to put my people on monitoring the outputs and on, and all of that so we wanted it to be more a performance driven relationship so it was really really huge uh, you know effort in making the management right from the ceo downwards agree to you know move to a fixed cost you know long term kind of contract uh, mm-hmm. with some efficiencies on built in and all built in which was coming from our learnings of global outsourcing which we had done before but you know what i mean once we have done that two years later or within a year they came back to me and said jagdish thanks for pushing us to do that because the industry works on that model and they immediately started winning some external contracts which were on a similar you know sort of fixed cost model yeah so sometimes you know it is like to do what is right for you what is right for the partner and not really make it exploitative right absolutely absolutely and we've done that and i must say that you no know, there are quite a few places where um, we've had partners help build the business case jointly with us you know for certain absolutely. things No, it was so important. So I, I remember system admin outsourcing. For the first time, somebody did that in Indonesia with IBM. I mean, we basically said, let's kind of put that case together, saying if one hour downtime happens, how much revenue are we going to lose? And let's get that uh, properly drafted and you know then presented. And that's how IBM got its first deal of outsourcing, you know, in, in uh, Indonesia and in Jakarta. And then of course it went on to become the largest uh, SI there. But those are those are interesting areas that we obviously can leverage you know, together with common you know kind of uh, strengths. No, absolutely, absolutely. So Sumit we will move on to some more audience questions now so Mangesh uh, is asking what approach do you follow while driving change navigating across different sectors apart from understanding what is in it for me for stakeholders what are the other things I think like I said I mean most important here aspect here is that um, you do need to uh, put business metrics together you know you have to be able to say this is the ROI that we'll get from this change and uh, even you know when we actually have the business case uh, you know built up you have to spend time to uh, listen you know you have to understand the challenges and then relate to uh, you know how those challenges will be addressed with the new you know change uh, you know which is being brought about i i must say if i look at basically various solution we deployed and i i probably will reflect back on uh, i've had hundreds of projects that have been successful but i remember one project that failed spectacularly you know in ge so i had this uh, you know this uh, project of gis we were doing geographic information systems uh, in those times we had um, 35 crores of money being spent on uh, logistics management for uh, transporting employees in uh, ge in jekis 
to their homes you know in gurgaon so you have to be spent sent to noida to cp some of you probably from delhi will realize and understand that there were people going all over you know ncr uh, mostly and we are spending 35 crores per month you know per, per year on this and i realized that uh, this is something we can easily solve you know by having a proper geography information system because we had uh, colleges going one person being transported on the colles you know rather than eight people capacity so you felt that you could actually combine you know a person who could probably sit together we could have four five people sitting in the same route route yes there'll be four five you know maybe uh, two minutes uh, additional uh, you know time spent by one person but that will be in the interest of the organization so we're very confident and we brought this together and said i'll save 30% of your logistics cost i was the global digitization leader for enabling functions i said this is very easy i'll show them the big win and we put this together now, unfortunately at that time google maps was about 95% 96% accurate you know i don't think it was really that accurate as we see today so it was probably a little ahead of its time and we did not spend the time to educate the routing managers the the logistics supervisors the you know the routing workers the guys who were supposed to create these route you know uh, charts and you know kind of they publish that charts in you know on the on the uh, billboards we did not spend time to educate them and invest in them to say look you will be actually deployed on more value added jobs not just putting you know a, uh, you know a name and a uh, and a vehicle number in this and they made sure the program failed those 3 4% routes that were wrong they leverage that of course the employees also they had a bit of a problem because they were spending 2 minutes more in getting down in some of those places because a person is going to knot place if he's you know also having somebody from noida they will be a, you know who is going to noida will have 2 minutes more spent when he drops somebody in cp before he goes there so there was a bit of challenge that was there and with the team if i if we had invested time if we'd spent time with those uh, routing managers routing coordinators and told them we will deploy we will retrain we'll reskill we'll up, upskill and put you in excellent roles better roles than what you're doing today it would have helped because they purposely derailed the program and it was our fault you know we really did not uh, did not understand the the drivers the change drivers that is a lesson i've learned over many years you have to realize how it impacts people how does that change impact people how can you address those challenges those concerns and bring on those uh, you know initiatives or improvements which could address those challenges to a fair extent when it's for a larger interest of the organization sometimes you have to mandate but many times it's about just explaining patiently you know to the people why this is needed and what would be the you know kind of you know as you rightly mentioned what's in it for me but sometimes it's also the larger purpose it's not only about what's in it for me it's also the shared goals if you enter two more fields in that erp system you will get a report that is excellent you will get management insights that will really drive down productivity performance bonuses everything so you have to basically start connecting to the larger picture yeah i think i think really good some good lessons here i think it's beyond what what is in it for me uh, mangesh is communicating what is in it for me right and what is in it for the organization which is the shared goals totally and and you know sometimes these are not really spoken but you have to somewhere understand where the power equations are getting destabilized i think which is what happened in this case right you know people get yeah. a little insecure about their roles so you also have to plan ahead in terms of you know what these people are going to do gives me you know a similar uh, example from my own experience uh, sumit hmm. i've i've shared it once before that you know when we were deploying this uh, crm for uh, tata motors you know every dealership had an it guy who had developed the local system he was like the mother and father of that system which were running well at the dealership so why would they throw away that system and come to a you know a web based cbel you know system of tata motors and we we said you know they are going to be the biggest uh, saboteurs of the system and, and then we started brainstorming it and what we came up ultimately we turned 
adversaries into advocates. It was actually to design a, you know, a very special training program for these people, putting them on the pedestal, designing the system in such a way that they don't lose their administrative privileges. So we leveraged something called a delegated admin. This was way back in 2003. We figured out how to delegate administration of local dealership to them. And uh, we even went to the extent of telling them that, listen, Fox Pro is not going to take you anywhere. You come on to Siebel, you may probably get somewhere, you know, in this new uh, world. And believe me, there are quite a few of those system admins who are now automotive, uh, you know, SMEs in some large organizations. So and, uh, no, there are there are many things we share. Jigdish, uh, I must say this because uh, GE also, you know, automobiles, but uh, Siebel also. I did Siebel implementations for Hungary, Mexico, China, US and India. We tried to standardize the Siebel CRM, you know, for all of GE. And that's exactly what we did. No, we made sure that it was coming as their idea, not ours. Then we're standardizing some processes. So we connect with, you know, some of those uh, team, team leaders and, you know, ensure that they are part of the journey. They kind of believe and they own this. You know, ultimately it's about absolutely. their uh, project, not, not mine. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you are absolutely right. Then later on what happened was, uh, you know, we were trying to solve all the support issues ourselves. And these guys themselves came to us and said that, listen, so one of their power, you know, uh, vectors was the fact that everybody would come to them for support. And we were so happy. We said, OK, you do your local support. You know, we we will reduce our, you know, central manpower. So Tata Motors has to spend less. So why don't you do your own support? And then the new workflow was created where, you know, they would support if they can't help something, then only it will come. So it was a win-win. They got their Absolutely. power as it is. And, you know, we get lesser support calls. Yeah. Absolutely. So I must say this, those experiences have really helped me even in uh, different cultures. You know, today in Evercare Hospital, I remember you're deploying the global Oracle instance in uh, Nigeria, Kenya, Bangladesh, India, Pakistan. That's the kind of, you know, learning you realize you can, uh, we can leave it when you're talking to them. So in some sense, you obviously, you know, understand uh, cultural differences, you know, and you kind of make sure you can, uh, you know, adapt and modify your approach a bit to make it work there and, you know, make it sure, appear as their idea and their uh, initiative, because that's what you, you don't, man, you know, don't force feed them. You know, you have to respect absolutely. their own uh, talent and their own uh, you know, initiative. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have, we have questions keeping on coming, Sumit. So we have Mohit Harbola asking you a question about transition from a CTO to a CGO role. Did it require? a mindset change or was he always operating with a growth leader mindset and I think his immediate follow-up question is what's his message to leaders making this transition well I think again I mean I, I must say that uh, I was always at least in my mind always operating with that mindset you know I, I was uh, all the metrics that I used to publish even uh, in most organizations you know, I, I remember I think at least since 10 years back have not been IT metrics just one slide I have an IT metrics and system availability or production you know project support or production support aspects everything else is business metrics how are we delivering business value reduct reducing costs enhancing revenue, uh, you know, in, enhancing quality, you know, or, you know, impact, making an impact, you know, wherever possible. So you bucket these initiatives under these heads and you start talking, uh, you know, actual business goals, what would be beneficial. So I have been operating from that mindset. Sometimes uh, business leaders haven't perceived me, you know, they felt that I was intruding in their areas. So you learned with time what you needed to do, how you need to, you know, kind of address and maybe have uh, side conversations with them so that they don't feel, uh, you know, kind of bad about what I'm trying to do or understanding from them saying this is what the metric is. But it's important to really, you know, kind of uh, address these challenges that they face on a daily basis. You know, in some sense, um, they also uh, sometimes fear technology. 
and it's our role and goal to make it uh, simple make it easy for them you know in that, in that sense so i have operated from a growth mindset uh, for a long time but i have refined my approach over the years you know had become a little bit better i still am nowhere the finished product i still have a long way to go but it's useful you know to at least uh, you know start thinking that and i think that's the point which digital is driving now nowadays you know digital why it's become so important is because digital means revenue it is suddenly moved from the back end uh, to the front end driving revenue growth for the organization and yes it's 10 years old as agrees very rightly mentioned it's just 10 years old people don't understand and i would strongly recommend uh, not having divorced goals between a cdo and a cio chief digital officer and cio they should have aligned goals completely even if they were probably be two different individuals ideally just one but even if they are two then you need to have complete alignment of goals and that's what cios need to you know kind of always keep in mind that you are working for the organization you don't need a mercedes when you can manage with maybe a you know a honda uh, you know or you know maybe a toyota camry or whatever you don't need a mercedes sometimes so make yeah. sure the technology is not for technology's sake technology is done for business purpose that's the key message no absolutely absolutely and uh, you know the next question is somewhat similar now since seshu has asked me that can you please tell us how we can change the it function label in manufacturing industry from a supporting function to revenue saving or generating function in current era so i'll take you know what sumit said forward in my response is exactly that you know there are only business kpis so i remember sumit and uh, seshu you know we were looking at uh, so the best way actually to look at is like you know just go through there is a fat annual report that comes out try to get access to it and look at all the cost elements there okay look at the various cost elements and the various you know line of business uh, kind of elements there the various products and all and it and that data tells you so much that data tells you so much so when i you know once actually a pgt a new mba we had hired he asked me sir we are working on iot and this is like why and that was like a you know a hammer on my head i said okay let's try to answer that question why and i had this annual report and we took it out, took it out and we started looking at you know what can we what kind of cost can we save with iot power cost i think almost uh, 500 crores fuel cost almost 100 crores right maintenance cost i mean another so the figures were when you are in manufacturing please don't underestimate the amount of cost that is incurred by your various functions whether it is your hr cost i mean the the warranty cost used to be like you know an order of uh, a next order of magnitude of i cost in tata motors when you are in manufacturing organization focus on those business kpis and you will start driving your agenda from there so let's let's move on uh, vinod uh, he says data should be the pure blood of enterprise and establish a single truth yes that's what uh, it is a new currency we have a new oil <laughs> yes and yeah saroj agrees with your uh, observation yeah. about indonesia and then we yeah. have pawan which is uh, people role is very important for growth of organization how you worked on people front internal and custom for digitalization what is growth officer role change compared to chief information officer i think you have answered that uh, in a way uh, sumit but like you just want to add something Well, just um, the fact that you basically are now much more business oriented, which is what all CIOs should be. So just becoming a little bit more business oriented and understand the value that IT can, or you know, for that matter, anything can drive. And marriage of people, process, and technology. So in some sense, you own the process also, besides just the technology part, and also put the right people in charge, you know, for certain things that will help drive revenue growth. Sure. So Vinod, your BTEC batchmate and schoolmate. Hmm. Thanks, Vinod. Thank you. Good to see you here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vinod. Thanks, thanks for that. 
thanks for that uh, memory krishna from eftronic absorbing local culture a comment from sumit here i'm just looking for questions from the stream of comments we have here prashant from uae is in your team sumit no not really not uh... okay okay uh, but yeah i mean i think i think he's joining from the way so venkatesh Hey Venkatesh, Venkatesh has been here on the Clarity Chat before. I think two, three weeks back he was Wonderful. here. So thanks to, thanks for joining this one. And we have uh, uh, Praveen asking a question: How CIO can get a seat on the table with business leaders? Should CIO also look at business operation? Yeah, so I think my sense is, you know, you have to decide what your core strengths are. If you basically are strong in operations, maybe COO is a good uh, way to transition because you know you obviously understand uh, you know operations and you can digitize and automate and improve productivity and reduce costs for the organization so maybe a cio to a coo jump is easier some people might find you know a cmo role also to be quite useful i mean they could be into marketing initiatives and digital marketing and maybe they further enhance and augment their skills on the digital marketing side which could be helping in revenue growth for the organization because ultimately it's about uh, it's about the revenue it's about the numbers the sales that you can basically generate so cmo is also great uh, great option something i have always uh, valued uh, so to me there are logical steps to move towards the ceo role and uh, keep on enhancing your business knowledge along the way keep on learning that's the key message sure i think this is a very very good question in the current times when there is like such a war for talent there's a cutthroat competition for hiring it talent in india especially with work from home where people have more options now how can you attract good it talent if you're not in a blue chip it company at this time what other factors apart from money question from partha i think it's a great question and i must say it's ultimately about both qualitative and quantitative aspects right i mean it's not always monetary aspects it's also non monetary you have to a genuine genuine interest and genuine investment in their growth in their learning i mean i as i was mentioning i think i really value uh, the fact that i still have people in uh, previous organizations still in touch with me 15 years old 20 years old people still connect with me and still you know wish me and take some advice and guidance sometimes on on career goals and same thing for me i take advice from uh, rajit sir you know who was the ceo for max healthcare yashpal singhal uh, mr sandeep finisgaonkar they were all amazing leaders you know who really helped me in my journey so to me it's about uh, you know having that genuine investment in their learning in their growth partnering them supporting them sometimes uh, you know being the the bad guy in the room i've told this to my team members many times you know if you have a problem and you know that this is not easy you know you need to address this problem from any business leader i'll be the bad guy in the room i'll talk about the problem you don't have to you know kind of spoil your relationship with them i'm happy to you know uh, be the you know that that person because it's important that we sometimes take a stand on certain things you know when you're talking about change requests that keep coming thick and fast you have to be able to say look what is the trade off you're going to do are you going to deploy this in time or not what are you trying so there's certain problems that sometimes you know have to be addressed by the leaders they have to stand by their team they have to protect them and that attitude shows the genuine concern shows which is the reason why people join you because if you if they feel that you will help them in their career in their in their journey in their growth they will be happy to join even though the brand is not big i'm doing that in kef holdings i'm trying to get people to you know come in to make sure that we can you know really create something of value we're looking at healthcare and wellness you know both augmented and end to end wellness uh, you know integrate wellness from prevention to cure and we are getting some people to join me who were there with me in uh, previous organizations they might have handled bigger roles but they respect me and that's how they're coming in i, I think that's what matters you know that uh, credibility the investment uh, you know in in their in their journeys i think that's what we need to keep cultivating and I, like i said i'm nowhere perfect i need to further improve constantly but i would think that's the path to take going forward no absolutely sumit and you know this is a much uh, used phrase that people don't leave organizations they leave managers 
and i can tell you from my experience people don't join organizations they join leaders so uh, you know just to narrate my own experience uh, you know when i first became the cio the it was in a state where you know i couldn't I, i couldn't have attracted talent but then you know i think i created a sort of vision and a strategy and a fairly credible strategy at that and then i started asking people to join so i had like people joining from ge from oracle and all these and uh, and you know this was i want i made sure that you know when they are my room in uh, pune did not have an ac okay no. and i wanted to make sure that they know the reality you know so one is like never make a false promise but have a great uh, vision or something you know which they should say that okay i'm going to learn and grow with you so Absolutely. some of these people are still there so sumit we are like at the end of the hour 4 minutes passed yeah. and yes. i let's move towards the last one there are more questions but you know what we'll try to do is sumit you can look them up later on it will be there in sure, the sure. chat comments sure. and you can sure. answer some of them which you want to and i'll try to answer uh, you know whatever is addressed to me but sure. uh, moving to the last section which is the rapid fire so uh, sumit what is the biggest difference from your point of you between digital first organizations and traditional organizations i think the absence of legacy the fact that you can actually create a very amazing user friendly design ui ux interface mobile first strategies so that uh, you know design first approach i think that's the key difference absolutely and and i think i think by corollary that question also means that you know if you want to become a digital first organization address your legacy totally totally absolutely yeah, right great so what is one thing in your view that cio should do differently uh, to drive digital transformation from the front speak the language of business and learn the business as much as you can yes i think i think you have been very clear on that what's the biggest support cio should ask ceos for patience little bit of time sometimes it projects take a little time <laughs> so let's not hurry up things let's oh. give it a little time let's give time you sometime. nailed it you nailed it you nailed it hmm. you know i mean yeah. it's always that you know the 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 ceos are so much driven by the quarter and the next quarter and i think they want to do the same thing with it if tell them please please hold back <laughs> that's a amazing answer uh, sumit so uh, what's the biggest blocker amongst cxos that cio should manage i think in some sense i would just say uh, we need to be able to um, to uh, you know kind of understand I, and i think that's where the silos come in you know sometimes the departmental function and the goals so uh, it's important that cios create a common agenda for the organization help facilitate you know along with the other cxos create a common agenda common set of metrics that of shared goals because these shared goals automatically you'll get much better alignment much better performance i mean we see that in startups today the unicorns you know if you're able to align to shared goals a lot of these you know agendas a lot of these different uh, you know kind of priorities you know get some submerged so finance is own agenda legal is own you know priorities it has own priorities operation does something else that can go away if you're able to put those shared goals together yeah and i think uh, i just want to add to that in fact i covered it in one of my solo clarity chats is uh, never 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 be a never be a party in partisan politics absolutely because you know the moment you start taking uh, political sides you lose trust absolutely. of the rest of the people and as it you are supposed to be uh, you know sort of fair yes. and impartial to everyone because you are going to serve everyone absolutely. and therefore you are like the election commission of india right you cannot be uh, mm-hmm. partisan to every, anyone and so you have to basically uh, and and this is what you exactly said in other terms that create a shared agenda and yes. don't go by departmental agendas absolutely good good absolutely. one uh, sumit and uh, now we have uh, you know lots of business leaders who attend and who watch these clarity chats uh, they are also anxious that you know how as business leaders what should they do differently for 
making their functions more digital for making their businesses more digital so what should they do differently i must say change is coming you know and we see this with covid we see the way environment is changing it's not a question of if it's a question of when i would just say embrace change don't fight it embrace it and that is what would help you in your in your career it will help you with your help the organization so that's the only message i would give okay no that's great yeah and uh, the last one before we end any question you want to ask me i've been asking you questions <laughs> yeah so just one question how has the transition been you know from uh, from board member and uh, you know ceo of tata motors and others to uh, clarity and uh, you know consulting so if you could just expand on that oh no no this is it's not easy you know so i have heard people say that the salary is the biggest opium okay and i've felt it i have gone through it i have sort of try to de-addict myself from it but i think you know the biggest thing that hits you the moment you decide to come out of a corporate role is the fact that you stop receiving a salary you know so before you can even think of like you know what do i do next or you know where do i create a niche you know the first thing is that you know okay how to meet the next month's bill so one of the things that i did i did take some advice before coming out in terms of you know what are the protective measures i need to take so one of them was get rid of the emis <music> So, <laughs> so that was that was that was a good advice I got. I think beyond that, it's been a lot of learning. It is actually chalk and cheese being in a you know, salaried executive role with like you know hundreds of people reporting to you, and then coming out and being on your own the, from the CEO to the peon. It's it's very different, and therefore, like you know, this is a big learning. It has been a big learning for me. I have been fortunate to have had the wisdom to get some coaches to help me. So I've had a couple of coaches uh, over the last two years who have really helped. me navigate you know into this new role of being on my own being a ceo of my own life and you know like create some sort of a presence get rid of my mind blocks so a lot of things were actually mind blocks i mean just to come to you know your question about clarity chat i mean i hesitated you know in doing small things like for example you know any coach i talk to they would say that jagdish you have done so much you know why don't you share it on uh, linkedin why don't you share it in a big way and i had my mind blocks and hesitations but you know right in the beginning you gave one advice you know from your mentor i think your father that you know you have been talking about doing an mba why don't you do an mba i think that is one big thing i learned that you have to do it you know don't think about success or failure just go ahead and do it experiment experiment some things will work some things will not you know i started building a presence on linkedin sharing whatever i had learned you know first with text posts they started giving me some confidence as people engaged on it then i started doing video posts and then i applied for the linkedin live and i got it like in quick time very fast and then i sat on it for the next 3 4 months i was like you know going live on you know on a streaming platform it's like such a big you know peak to scale and uh, then it so happened that you know if you don't go live within 90 days your you know that license or whatever your approval may get cancelled so i was just testing whether you know i still can go live or not and i went live as a test and what what happens when you go live is you know your followers get a notification and suddenly i had like 20 people uh, join that chat and they starting to ask me questions and thankfully we are prepared for that contingency and that 5 minute test went on for 37 minutes and that gave me the confidence that you know what this is something okay i can handle this wow. and then you know with time, the support time pressure helps you know that time pressure absolutely 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 but then you know like i think then came the support from you know my fellow cio like you and on all the people who have been here before venkatesh uh, you know vijay sethi manish and all these guys and they said that you know yes this is a good agenda to you know sort of share our knowledge on so it's a new field not so much of 
knowledge around there. So let's do that. And that has kind of kept us on. We have had some cancellations in between. So that is the time I went solo on picking up a topic in IT management. And I think that hasn't gone bad either. So yes, you it's know, been a I must it's say it's great going. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but I must say that, you know, every time it has been, you know, just, just, just do something, you know, just take some action, experiment and, uh, and learn from it. So that's the biggest but, thing. Okay, and I must say there are very few things in life which grow with sharing. You know, knowledge is one of those. And Absolutely. to me, that's Absolutely. a very, very positive, you know, step you've taken, uh, you know, with that sharing. And I'm sure it will be benefiting many, many people around. So thank you so much, so much. Thank you for sharing, uh, you know, your thank experience, you. your knowledge. Thank you. And uh, thank you all the audience for joining for the Clarity Chat. Wow. What an insightful discussion with Sumit Puri. I loved it and I hope you loved it too. If yes, do subscribe to the Clarity Chat podcast. Available on all major podcasting platforms. Watch out for our next Clarity Chat podcast with Vinod Shivaramakrishnan, the CIO at Indus Towers.